0: Star's newest series, Gaslit, stars Julia Roberts, Sean Penn, and Dan Stevens, along with a strong ensemble cast and an executive producer list that includes Mr. Robot's Sam Esmail. The show premiered Sunday, April 24th, and dramatizes the events leading up to Richard Nixon's 1972 Watergate scandal. The pilot episode is titled Will and runs an hour long. We're here to discuss the plot, our thoughts, and the reviews. You're listening to today's episode.
1: So there are really three storylines here. First is Martha Mitchell, who's the Attorney General John Mitchell's wife. And then you have White House Council Member John Dean. We learn about his dating life as well as his work life. And then the third storyline are the first steps that are put into motion to spy on the Democratic Party, to commit espionage. Which one was the main one? All three of them split duty equally. The main character I would probably say is John Dean. We follow him the most. Dan
0: Stevens. Yeah, Dan
1: Stevens. And my first impressions watching the show, because I hadn't really heard about what Gaslit was about, I hadn't watched the ads or anything, Mm -hmm. I was scared. Because I have read Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein's original All the President's Men a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And all I remember is that it's super detailed, it's complicated... And there is a vast amount of people that they interview or that are part of this storyline. And so I was scared of what I was getting into, the amount of names I'd have to keep track of, the storylines, and, and the weaving of everything. Yeah, and, and
0: Sam Smail said that All the President's Men is one of his favorite films. It's what they based it off of.
1: Well, that's the film. This is the book. The book that came before the film.
0: Yeah, well, it's also based off of the podcast um, Slate's Slow Burn. And the weird thing about it was I read in a ton of reviews that this was supposed to be like kind of Martha Mitchell. She was supposed to be the main character. And uh, in the first episode of the podcast, Martha Mitchell goes into full detail on her story and what she had to do with Watergate. But after the first episode, I don't think she's mentioned again. Like the second episode focuses on someone named Wright Patman, who was a Democratic senator.
1: Julie Roberts is a big part of this show. She was also part of Sam Esmail's other show, The Homecoming Show. Yeah. Right. But Martha Mitchell, she played a big role because she's that wild card character who came out kind of like they weren't sure whether or not they could get interviews. Um, but then every once in a while she would just like come out with a bombshell. Right. Yeah. And, I mean you know, Julie and, and they refer to that here, because the first thing we see is her doing an interview on late night where they're kind of asking her, they're like, Hey, so you're kind of like you're kind of the it girl of politics and uh, you can kind of give us the big scoops and stuff. And so like all throughout she wants to give all these interviews and make her image public and her husband's like, knock it off. Stop right. it. He even like calls off an interview halfway through the episode where where it's supposed to be this just woman's magazine, but they're still asking her kind of tough questions about politics. That was,
0: that was all covered in the first episode of the podcast. Yeah. I know that Roberts referred to Martha Mitchell. She said that she'd be very popular today, um, but she referred to her as outrageous and also well, well, over spoken. Twitter, <laughs> yeah, probably as
1: well. Um Sean Penn, he he wears a fat suit. I've heard <laughs> this one. Yeah. So the best part of the show is this: Gordon Liddy, when he's explaining Operation Gemstone. Mm. that's really funny scene, and I'll talk about it in a few minutes. But the worst part of the show is having to see a man shit on the street, and that's within, like, the first minute or so. Yeah, Decider, I was... That was
0: gross. I was surprised to see it, because they titled, uh, like, their article, Gaslight is So Disgusting It's Distracting, and then, but they actually were saying they recommend
1: the show, you should just skip the first seven minutes. <laughs> Well, then you would miss that. But, yeah, it was right on the cement, and it, it, well, you what's can't the pur- miss it. what's the purpose of it? Kind of just to show why – this is the 70s. Um, they're trying to date the show, I guess, and they're just kind of showing that the contrast between John Dean's life where he's, like, driving a nice vehicle, speeding down the road. Mm-hmm. He's a hotshot attorney for the Nixon administration, feeling good about his life, sleeping with girls, dating, mm-hmm. you know, and then you got, like, poor people who are just, like – really desperate yeah. that they'll be doing that i don't know uh so yeah we're january 1972 this is five months before the break-in at watergate that everyone's aware of martha mitchell loves the media attention like i talked about she's got this grudge against pat nixon richard nixon is that wife. ever is
0: that ever explained as to why
1: yeah because they just don't like each other and and uh, i guess pat nixon doesn't like how popular martha sure. is and this vice versa like they don't Invite each other to each other's social events, or they stick each other in the back, right? And then we got John Dean. I was talking about Dan Stevens, single attorney, scared that he's going to get fired because one of the girls he sleeps with at the beginning—I think her name's like Francesca or something. She like sleeps with everyone, apparently.
0: Isn't she a prostitute? She might be, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, But (laughs) but she's like, hey, I've heard that uh, heads are going to roll, and so so he like goes into his first interview with the attorney general, thinking, oh, I'm about to get fired. Uh, but he has big aspirations, and he's offered this job right off the bat to commit espionage. Mm. But, like, <laughs> for the president. And he, is this, like, he has to do it or he's going to be fired? Or no, is no, no, no. Is John Mitchell and uh, Hamish Linklater's character. Um, Jeb McGruber. Jeb McGruber, yeah. <laughs> he's the money guy. Uh, it's funny, because, first of all, Dan Stevens is using his American accent, but, like, even a— more Southern version of it. So with Dan Stevens, if you've paid attention to his American roles, his version of an American accent is just a nasally voice. Like he, <laughs> he cuts off his nostril and then that's how he does it. So it's it's kind of jarring at first, but then you kind of get well, into he, it. He wasn't the first person that was their first choice. They actually had
0: another big name actor do it. And I want to see if you can guess who it was. I'll give you a hint. They're They're actually, the reason they couldn't do it is because they took a job in The Offer, the show that's coming out in two days about The Godfather. It was Army Hammer.
1: He was originally going to be. It's a good thing that they didn't then.
0: Yeah, and also um, Dan Stevens turned down a meal with the actual John Dean ahead of playing him in this series, (laughs) so because he learned that if he was going to do that, he would have to speak with the Universal lawyers in order to do so, and like there was stuff that they he couldn't bring up in like discussions, and
1: he was like, "Oh, that's too much trouble." Mm -hmm. Well, he's not the only one in the scene. You also have John Mitchell, like you were talking about Sean Penn, and he's wearing that Vice fat suit. (laughs) The Gary Oldman fat suit, the politician fat suit. At this point, yeah. it looks like it's the same one from Vice. Just kind of uh, like it's old. People older. were saying they're tired of fat suits. <laughs> well, I said that the last time we did a fat suit show. I think that was the Pam and the Tommy. Pam, no, yeah. not Pam and Tommy. The, uh, uh, the thing about Pam. Thing about Pam. Yeah. So yeah, John Mitch- Mitchell, Jeb Magruber, and John Dean are all in a room, and Dan Stevens originally doesn't want to take the job. Mm-hmm. He's saying, "I don't feel comfortable." So is he with like this. the moral center? Um, he's got more of a heart and that's kind of addressed in the show than a lot of the Nixon administration. Uh, so Hamish Linklater is also doing a voice here. His voice is much higher than you're normally used to hearing him. And that's actually pretty funny. Like it fits his character. I'm sure the person he's basing it off of this real Jeb Magruber, had the that same actually type sounded of voice. Like that, yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, that's fun. So John Mitchell and Jed Magruber do this whole, like work around where they're like, oh, well, the president really would have liked this if you had been a part of it, but I guess we'll find someone else. And he's like, wait, wait, the president? And then he recommends this Gordon Liddy guy, right? Mm -hmm. Not to be confused with Scooter Libby, who I'm sure we'll learn about later on in the show, but Gordon Liddy is a character. We see him in the very, very first scene where he's like holding his hand over a flame and talking about how like the only people who change the world are these big narcissists who like come in there and like really make havoc. So crazy, Um, well, he's either an eccentric or he's crazy. And at first we're supposed to believe like he's an eccentric genius because he's being recommended by John Dean to come in there and help with this espionage. Right. Mm -hmm. And again, his whole drive is like, take life by the balls, you know? (laughs) So he comes in there and, um, we're, we're supposed to ask ourselves, is this guy legit? And he's like operation gemstone. And this is, what's my favorite part. Again, 11 plans that he's worked out to 11. write down the democrats starting with operation quartz he only gets through two of them <laughs> and operation quartz is a, a plan to kidnap democrats and then operation ruby is to seduce democrats on a boat and then take a video of them all having sex oh, with so, different okay, prostitutes yeah, for
0: blackmail
1: <laughs> yeah but both of them are just no that that sounds insane. crazy yeah so he's thanked for his work and then he <laughs> leaves and then I guess his son convinces him later on in the episode to make friends. And so he, like, tames down his plan and somehow, like, convinces John Mitchell that he's a good fit for the job. And so he weasels his way back in there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's part of it. So John Dean is kind of, like, embarrassed by his original pick. But then eventually he's he's kind of um, vindicated for for picking this guy. And John Mitchell likes him. John Dean, then we start watching his dating life. He starts going out with this uh flight attendant who uh they go to a dinner together and she ends up being pretty liberal and he she calls him out on his working for nixon and all the bad stuff you know
0: so she's uh, why did they go on the date if she's like i mean
1: opposite? they're both around the same age and they're just like checking out the community and she wants to be a writer so they don't
0: ever actually like explain it though
1: they were on a dating app
0: like dating app
1: not like a phone app but like where a business i guess there's a business that they hook up like high leverage individuals oh, okay. yeah like rich people i, I, I don't know, know. Yeah, yeah. um yeah so she's a liberal uh, but they end up kicking it off a little bit her name's mo kane um originally she goes by maureen but um her real name is mo kane and then he kind of stalks her to her flight And then asks her out again because things don't end particularly well. They get into an argument about politics. He felt bad about it, I assume? No, he just likes her. Oh, okay. And he's attracted to her. So he goes and he asks her. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do it. You're weird. You called the FDA to find me here. I think it was... No, it wasn't the FDA. It was like, whatever's in charge of the um, flight plans. FFA? I'm not sure. But as soon as he says... That he wants to take her to Martha Mich- Mitchell's party, right? Because John mm-hmm, yeah. Mitchell's invited him. Right. Um, she's immediately on board because she's a huge political figure. She's really famous. People like her, even liberals like her. So she's like, I would love to go to this thing. And so then they go together. And Martha Mitchell's party is really kind of the climax of the episode at this point. Um, That's when the women's article written by the person from Fargo, uh, Alison Tolman comes out. Mm -hmm. Her name is Winnie. And it's basically talking about this fight between the Mitchell, uh, John Mitchell and Kissinger. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so like they get mad at each other, John Mitchell and his wife, and they slap each other in their room and they're yelling and stuff. And this is in the middle of the party. And then John Dean happens to be in like a closet. He finds the daughter of like uh, the Mitchells. Wait, why, why is he in a closet? It's like a coat closet. Oh, okay. and i think he went in there for a break or he hears her or something and he just opened and she's 11 years old and she wants to leave she's like mm-hmm. i'm out of here and he's like well i can actually help you with emancipation when you're older i'll be like your attorney and so he's kicking off and overhearing that is mo and that's where she's like oh he's actually got a good heart he's yeah. a good person uh everybody's bonding while at the same time the parents are fighting in the other room is, the, is, we, it, is this fight hard because you were talking just about like how it was, was dramatic but, but they it. It, it, it resolved it. Um, <laughs> In the next like scene, every time that they're alone with their daughter, they're always flirting with each other, like hardcore flirting, <laughs> and they're like really old. So I felt bad for the daughter, and she was like, I want to go to boarding school, to, that type of mm-hmm. scene. But we also meet at the party, the Berlin Wall to the president, which were names that I recalled also from the book, Bob Halderman and John Ehrlichman. They're the main two that you have to go through to even talk to Nixon, mm-hmm. hence why John Dean doesn't feel comfortable immediately talking to them. He knows John Mitchell has told him that the orders have come directly from Halderman who talks to the president for him to be working on this espionage plot. Now, John Dean does something very stupid here. Like he doesn't want his girlfriend going over to talk to them, which is, that makes sense. But then when she does, he immediately brings up this plan that they're doing, even though he knows that it's a kind of sketchy thing. And he brings it up right in the middle of the party. And he's like, well, thank you for uh, recommending me or whatever Mm. to, to John Halderman. And Halderman's like, I don't know who you are. I've never spoken to the president about you. Get out of my face, that type of thing. And so immediately John Dean feels really self-conscious He's going out with this girl, this self-proclaimed socialist lady who's having a great time at the party, seeing these dum-dums like walk around. And after the party is like, hey, you really should just quit. And he's like, OK, I might. So he makes a resignation letter. He goes into John Mitchell's office the next morning. He puts it on the desk and he sees a note that someone before him had left saying that Halderman, want, or Halderman had said to John Mitchell that the president wants to speak with John Dean. So Halderman uh-huh. lied. Halderman just didn't want to say anything publicly in the party. Well when but you were yeah, when you John were John Dean that, I, that's sees what I this and he's like, Oh my god, I actually have an in with the president. He takes his resignation notice back before he gives it to anyone. And that's where we kind Did of Did anyone know he was going to resign before
0: he uh No, I don't resign. think he told
1: anyone. He was literally about to put the note on the desk. While John Mitchell and his wife are going off to like I forget, Cancun, California, somewhere. To, like, reinvigorate their marriage. (laughs) And so that's the end of the episode. Yeah, so how did you feel about, like, a show that
0: was centered around Watergate, but really was more centered around, like, kind of marriages? Yeah.
1: Well, how many episodes is this? Uh, I think it's going to be eight. Yeah, so if it's eight episodes, and this is just... You're saying that the whole show is going to be about their marriage? Well, that's what
0: Robbie Pickering was talking about. He said he didn't really want to make it political. Robbie Pickering is the creator of the show. He's also worked on things like Mr. Robot and Search Party Mm -hmm. um, as well. But he said, yeah, he didn't really want to make it about politics, but more the relationship uh, between the Mitchells. Well,
1: I'll tell you what my conclusion to the entire show is, because that might help answer it. Um, I couldn't help but feel overwhelmed knowing that this entire story is being simplified Mm -hmm. for narrative ease. Yeah. So when you talk about how it's concentrating on a certain marriage or something, yeah, that feels like in proximity to everything else that went on to get to Watergate, basically nothing. And it's got a great cast. The story makes sense. It wasn't particularly riveting in any respect. And that's why I had to give it like a six out of 10 because it's not that I don't think that this, Alone wouldn't just be like a 7 out of 10 pilot, fine. But it just feels destined to either become bogged down in facts, which that doesn't seem to be the right. case yet, or just ignore them for narrative's sake. And so that's what I'm afraid is going to happen. And that's why I'm saying this show isn't really worth it. It's well made. it's There are just too many red flags indicating that it's not going to give you the full picture, that it's going, it has a mission and it's going to just complete like, a tiny part of maybe the whole world that it could so encompass.
0: So, you're saying that, like, kind of Watergate is pushed a little bit to the back?
1: No. They can tackle Watergate in this show, but they're not going to adequately represent what Watergate was. Like, the whole investigation that Woodward and Bernstein did took months upon months of reporting, there was ins and outs, there were fights in just the reporting process of it, let alone the hundreds or at least tens and tens and tens of people that they were interviewing and getting done. And this show just doesn't encompass that amount of people. It doesn't. The thing that I feared from the beginning, which was that there was just going to be an overwhelming amount of people wasn't the case it was just that they just totally skipped over a ton of people
0: yeah i mean i know that i know people were talking about how every day when uh, like the just the national public was always kind of like on the edge of their seats when they were learning more and more about like yeah before
1: social media when people just had like one news story that they would see on the television every night this would be the one news story Mm -hmm. that they were seeing for months on months The show does remind me of – I have some comparisons. It's For All Mankind because the first seasons actually take place during similar time periods. 1969 to the 70s was For All Mankind. This is 1972. So they coincide, even the Nixon administration did. You have the car references in both where the main characters are driving around in fancy cars. You have Chris Bauer who's actually in both shows. Chris Bauer played Dean in For All Mankind. Um, oh, okay. and uh, he plays actor, James yeah. McCord in this, who's an ex CIA. He's he's one of the Mitchell Protection Unit guys, and he's there. He makes friends with uh, um, Liddy. Uh, by the end of it and so I think he's going to be part of the actual break-in then obviously the um, all the president's men that you were talking about and then minx also took place during this time <laughs> period as well so the best correlation between minx and this show is the coloring because oh, a lo- there's okay. a lot of browns and reds and like those hairstyles that come into
0: this it also was directed by Matthew Ross does that name sound
1: familiar ross from uh, friends no
0: but it was galvin he played galvin belson in silicon valley yeah he also he direct, directed this he directed and wrote i think the pilot and also directed captain fantastic starring vika mortensen and george mckay um and sean penn originally julia roberts who was uh robbie pickering's first pick for the role of martha mitchell who went by the name i'm not sure if they say it in the show but uh the actual martha mitchell went by the name mouth of the south yeah. Family, yeah. Uh she Julia Roberts was they do like, say that. Julia Roberts said I will do this show but you need to cast Sean Penn as my husband. So
1: I will do this show if you put someone else just as big as me on there because well, I, I mean like didn't they he were win really an academy award for milk?
0: Yeah, I I think he did but some of the cast listened to King Richard the audiobook and I got confused as to why that was the case but then apparently it's not it's not that King Richard um it was it's called King Richard Nixon and Watergate. Um, Because the audiobook was able to play some of Nixon's actual tapes. Mm -hmm. So that's what the cast went off of. Uh, Well, they
1: even played Nixon's tapes and they made up tapes in For All Mankind. Don't you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: It it was published when the show was almost It'll be interesting
1: when they, because I'm sure that we know who's already playing Nixon, but we just don't see him here. Oh, he doesn't actually show up yet? Well, the back of his head does for like a few <laughs> seconds, but like I don't know who it is
0: yet. Yeah, well, it's going to be played by Danny Wynn. I think he's from Manhattan. Uh, there's, uh, there's like he's from Manhattan. The TV shows oh, okay. Manhattan. <laughs> the shows reviews match yours. It has a six point six on IMDb. It does have an eighty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but I think- really, I
1: expected it to be like reviewed higher. There's nothing inherently wrong with anything, and usually when that happens, it's like I'll give a really negative review to something like forty two. Because Mm -hmm. I find it the historical inaccuracy to some of the things like I find Jackie Robinson's story, the true Jackie Robinson is so inspiring. But then when I find the dramatized version, it like upsets me because of what they feel they need to add or like subtract to make make it more entertaining. I, I don't like that, but usually people do. So I expect something like this would go over pretty well. Not that I, well, I hand. think I think people were kind of talking what you
0: were talking about, which is like Watergate is such a known story that if you're going to make it, I think people want to see what Watergate is actually about
1: knowingly complex, like there's plenty of documentaries right. that you could do that with making it entertaining or concentrating on a single part of it. And then trying. See, that's what it feels like it's doing, though, is it's not just that it's trying to tackle Watergate from an obfuscated, like portion part of it. They're They're trying to take the whole thing on. Mm-hmm. But through only several people, and you can't do that because it wasn't just several people who were in charge of the whole thing. Do you know why they went with the name Gaslit for the TV series? Yeah, I was I was wondering about that, and I was like, well, maybe the way that they're treating John Dean's character, because like they're kind of tricking him into it, they're they're peer pressuring him into stuff. I don't know, though. It could also be the fact that they're literally using a gas lighter at the beginning where he's like holding his hand over a flame. Oh, well, yeah, that's probably why they
0: started out that way. But if people were saying that, like, they were confused as to why they were going with such a modern term.
1: For, yeah, or, at or least one that's come that's, back at least yeah, and right. is
0: being used all the time now. Yeah, but like, especially for a show that's taking place back in the 1970s. He's trying to get the Gen Z involved in this. <laughs> but do you think Gen Z would even be like interested in a show like this? I I, I don't know. (laughs) I'm not one of them. (laughs) Well, it seems like at least with this show, they're kind of minimizing how much John Mitchell did with Martha Mitchell. What do you mean? No, I just ignored the plot a little bit.
1: Like, what do you mean? How how do you mean? Locked her in a hotel room, stopped her from speaking at journalists. Oh, that happens later in the storyline. Like, this is five months before Watergate. He hasn't done that stuff yet.
0: But Martha Mitchell was, like, one of the first people, even before Nixon left office, to ask for his resignation or kind of promote that idea.
1: Yeah, like, they're, they're just planting the seeds right now of, like, how toxic that relationship is between the two of them. But how they are both sort of toxic. Like, she's not... 100% 100% innocent, but he definitely holds like 90% People, of the blame. Yeah,
0: I mean, like a, a
1: review said that it's just a show completely surrounding antagonists. Oh, another thing that's like going on right now that I didn't even address is like the Pentagon papers had just come out a few years earlier. So the Republicans are a little wary of doing anything mm. that's uh, that'll get them caught. So that's why there are so many layers in between Nixon to the rest of the guys and why it took so long to kind of uncover exactly what was going on, and why there are so many like deep throat uh, talkers in the background that no one wants to, uh, that their reporters want to keep safe and stuff, but uh, There's so many well, leaks. They're trying to, they're trying to shore up <laughs> the leaks, which is something we can relate to, to today.
0: Yeah. I mean, people were saying that's more resonant with the themes that they're tackling today. Yeah. Like I, I can today, see why
1: now. this show got greenlit because politically it does the Watergate scandal, the Trump stuff, like it definitely correlates in a way. And also even the Berlin wall when, it, when they're talking about these people who are stopping you from talking directly to the president that was well known in the trump presidency that there was like mm. a bunch of people who had direct access to him and then a bunch of people who didn't who yep. needed to go through those people yeah whatever um yeah anything else you want to say about the show no that's about all yeah, i have all right cool. i wouldn't continue watching it i tried to see if it was going
0: to be going on for multiple seasons because it feels oh, like this no it's is a mini series a yeah. i can tell
1: all right thanks for listening we'll see you on the next episode bye bye